Hello and welcome to episode 12 of A Sporting Discussion, the podcast that aims to discuss sports of all sorts. I am AJ Mithin and I'm joined by my co-host, minor online celebrity and I think we can call you radio featurer, Andrew Jonathan. Andrew, how are you? Wow, I'm, I'm humbled, humbled by that introduction, <laughs> AJ. Thank you very much. Oh, look, you credit where it's due. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Monday mornings on Triple R's breakfasters. Anyway, on we go. This week in ASD Stadium, we look at the NRL's representative round. Ugh, whack Optus for their EPL operations. Ugh, and marvel at jockeys being allowed to ride horses after a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> Anyway, as we all know, our discussion is two ways. Us here at ASD Stadium and you, the listeners. Get onto us via Twitter, that's at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion so we can make sure we are talking about the issues that are of interest to you. We will kick things off with our topical recap, proudly brought to you by Ultimate AFL Trivia, daily questions and videos for AFL fans on Facebook and Twitter. Search for them, Ultimate AFL Trivia. They are also available to run AFL-themed quiz nights at your event. No matter where you are in Australia. They will come to you. AJ... No matter where we are in Australia, Melbourne seems to be the sporting capital. <laughs> well, we did have a bit of a Barney last week, yes. We did, and then we put, it, we put it out on the poll and we said, is Melbourne the sporting capital? And what did 50% of the people say? Go on, you enjoy your victory here. 50% of the people said, yes, Andrew, you wiped the floor with AJ. Melbourne is the sporting capital and it has it all. Well, you've said 50% of the people. That was 50% of the voters in our Twitter poll. because Which is indisputable. I had a few, had a few people who wanted to remain anonymous tell me that uh, they agreed with my take from last week. I had more people that wanted to remain anonymous that said that I was better. <laughs> 33% said, no, there's better places. And 17% said, who cares? I've got Foxtel. You've got to have who cares. People, if you want to be, if you want to participate in this, hit us up on facebook.com slash discussion, as someone did for us, Andrew. Greg Bryant, from originally from... South Australia, he was saying that Adelaide could be up there in the sporting capital stakes, especially with the new and upgraded Adelaide Oval. Yeah, true. Good stuff, Greg. Thanks for getting in touch. We will be putting another poll out at the end of this show based on a few of the things that we'll be discussing or one of the things that we'll be discussing. So get involved in our polls. They'll be on Twitter at ASD underscore podcast. Now, we will very quickly run through our confirmations and corrections last week, and I say very quickly because two in a row, I'm all clear. Two in a row, all clear. All right. Well, the record's three. Yeah. So you, you just got to get through today unscathed. But yes, I unfortunately had two errors last week. I'll be very, very quick. Craig Lambert never worked as welfare officer for the Gold Coast Suns. Nope. I don't know why I thought he did, but he's always been at the Brisbane Lions in one form or another and then GWS and now he's back to the Brisbane Lions. And I said, well, it's... Yeah, it's an error. I've got to admit to it in this next one. Um, I said I thought that Melbourne Storm won the flag after their salary cap punishment in 2010. They didn't. And I should have known that because in 2011, they lost in a preliminary final at home to the New Zealand Warriors and I was at that game. So <laughs> The memory's a bit hazy, the memory's though. memory's a bit hazy, yes. Yeah, so it, was, it was an interesting, uh, interesting night. But anyway, uh, Melbourne Storm in 2010 
received their salary cap punishment, couldn't play for any points. In 2011, lost a preliminary final. In 2012, won the premiership. So, And Canterbury Bulldogs won the premiership the year after their salary cap trouble as well. So for Eels fans, maybe there's that. We have a brand new segment that we are introducing this week on the podcast. It is called The Weekly Whack. The Weekly Whack is where AJ or myself will take aim at something that has gotten our goat in the preceding week. AJ is going to kick things off with the very first Weekly Whack. He's wound up. He's ready to go. AJ, over to you. Thanks, Andrew. Now, you will all remember, listeners, a little while ago, Optus triumphantly announcing that they had pinched the rights to the English Premier League for a reported $63 million from Foxtel. Now, $63 million is miles above what Foxtel pays now and what anyone else was willing to bid. Now, on the prices announced by Optus last week, uh, it's looking like they're going to need a rough, rough, rough calculation to break even. They're going to need about another 30000 new subscribers to mobile phone or internet plans. Now, considering the ratings that EPL gets on Foxtel, it's, you know, around 70K, sometimes up to around 200K for the big games. Uh, you know, maybe that's not too difficult. However, there are parts of this uh, that need to be explained, that can only be explained in the form of role play. So, Andrew, could I borrow you for a moment, please? You, you may. Thank I'm a little you. concerned, but okay. Thank you. Uh, in, this, in, the, in this situation... Mm. I will be someone looking to watch the EPL on Optus and you will be the friendly Optus conglomerate uh, organisation. Oh, very good. All right. Are you going to pretend to ring and I'll pretend to answer the call? <laughs> no, no, no. No. Oh. no. Because this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> All right. Hello. Hi, Optus. Oh, hello, young strapping man. How are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. You look like you like your sports. I do. I particularly love the English Premier League, and I was—I heard you won the rights for a reported sixty-three million dollars, and I would like to be one of the thirty thousand customers you need to break even uh, for your spend. You're a very informed gentleman. We would love to have you on board. Now, can I just confirm? Are you an Optus customer at the moment? Actually, no. I'm on a different network. That's okay. That's fine because. The research that we've done suggests that two in three football fans, their plans with their other mobile providers are coming to an end soon. So is oh. your plan coming to an end soon, sir? Actually, no. I've just renewed for another two years. Oh, well, that's, that's okay. You can, you can get out of that, can't you? Oh, for many thousands of dollars, yes. So, yes. Okay, that's good. Well, what we'll need you to do is we'll need you to cancel out of your subscription with your current mobile provider because the way that you can get uh, the EPL with us is on your, your mobile device, not through your television. Oh, okay. So, now, okay, so we've got rid of your current subscription with your, uh, with your mobile Telecommunications yep. company. Yep. Tell Very me, good. tell me what I'm up for to watch the English Premier League with Optus. Well, so there's a couple of deals. You can have our eighty-five dollar deal, or, or more than eighty-five dollars, if you would like, and that gives you the EPL included. Oh, eighty-five dollars a month. Eighty-five dollars oh, a month. My current plan's fifty. But okay, sorry, keep keep going. Sorry, is your it, current plan's fifty dollars a month. Is yeah. It? Well, we also have fifty dollar a plan a month plans. Oh, okay. But you will need to then buy the EPL package on top of that for an extra $15 a month. Oh, okay. Um, 
look, Wi-Fi is a bit sketchy in our house. Um, we we're not in a really good reception area. So is my if, if I'm watching the EPL, is it unmeted? Will it not count against my three G data? Of course it won't. And um, well, actually, I say that, and unless you're on a plan in which it will, so some plans oh. won't. Oh, okay. Now, actually, but while we're talking about being a little bit sketchy with your wife. What area are you in, sir? Uh, I am in inner city city. Oh, uh, okay. So there's a slight issue in that Optus doesn't actually provide services to the location where you are. Oh, okay. Well, well, no problem. I don't need to join Optus. Um, I'm sure you have something like an NBA league pass or the AFL uh, live pass or NRL live pass or something like that that I can sign on to because Foxtel does that right now for the EPL and so does Sky Sports over in the UK. So uh, just tell me how much it is and uh, where to sign up and I'll, I'll do that. Hello? Uh, what's, a, what's a live pass? You know, where I can pay you a uh, season fee, so to speak, and then I can watch all the EPL I like. Um, oh, you mean you, like you want to like do with the NFL? Oh, yeah. well, I get it. You want to sign up to a mobile plan with us for $85 a month, which includes your $15 a month EPL contract. Is that what, That's what you want, isn't it? And scene. Now, thank you, Andrew. Um, that's all right. <laughs> hopefully, we've uh, just quickly... Uh, brought to light some of the problems that have followed when Optus uh, came out with their uh, EPL plans this week. Now, I'm going to be... I'll I'll get this very, very quick now. Let's be fair. Let's compare minimum Foxtel sports package to your minimum Optus EPL mobile plan. Now, the cheapest mobile plan is $40 plus $15 because it's not $85. So $55 a month plus uh, versus Foxtel $50 a month for your... Basic package plus sports. All right, so there's only $5 difference. Now, uh, I will just quickly whip through the sports that are available on Foxtel. Uh, I think it's as of next week. Uh, it's 12 sports channels with AFL, NRL, Super Rugby, NBL, A-League, NBA, ANZ Championship, Women's A-League, NFL, NHL, MLB, UEFA Champions League and the Euros in June, La Liga from Spain, Bundesliga from Germany, League One from France, Serie R from Italy, FA Cups, the English Championship, the League One and League Two, the V8s, the Formula One. Um, there's a few others that I've forgotten, like biathlon and things like that, but we'll, we'll keep that out of it. Now, with Optus, for my $55, I get the EPL on my phone or iPad. And it's absolutely disgusting. Uh, and look, this is a whack, and SBS are going to cop this too, because they've gone in on a deal with Optus uh, about to get one live EPL game every Saturday night. And they trumpeted this as if they'd just discovered gold. <laughs> um, but to get that one thing, they were acting as if they'd pulled off a magical, magical deal. They gave Optus live rights across multi-platforms to other FIFA events, including the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Now, Optus have the rights to every game in the FIFA World Cup. SBS only have the rights to 28. SBS don't even have the free-to-air rights for all of the knockout games on free-to-air apart from semi-finals and finals. So they're not going to show all of the quarterfinals and they're not going to show all of the round of 16. This is absolutely disgraceful. SBS also gave up the rights to the 2017 FIFA Confederations Cup, which Australia are going to be playing in. They gave up the rights to the 2019 Women's World Cup. SBS have the rights to some of those matches, so I guess we're going to be able to see the Australian teams play, which will be good. Um, but given how Optus have mishandled their EPL uh, decision handling, whatever you want to call it, 
what chance do uh, f- football fans who want to watch quality international tournaments and quality international teams play each other? This could be a really, really, really bad time coming for fans of football in Australia. Well, now, I hope that Optus and SBS, who seem to get caught up in the crossfire, are suitably chased after... <laughs> oh, SBS. Oh, man. Sorry, that may have gone on a bit, but, jeez, SBS have hardly covered themselves in glory with how they've handled this. I know, I know. We, we heard the whack. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, folks. On we go. And we will go on to the NRL representative round. AJ, do you want to start us off with that one? <laughs> I need to cool down a little bit more. Now we're going to talk about NRL representative round. Now, the weekend just gone saw Australia play New Zealand in what's traditionally the Anzac Test, but it's not the Anzac Test anymore uh, because it was in May. Still was between Australia and New Zealand. Now, it's a weekend where NRL uh, regular season is on hold for a week. Uh, and we have international games and the New South Wales City versus New South Wales Country uh, origin trial, as it used to be called. Now, we had this week Tonga playing Samoa um, and Papua New Guinea playing Fiji. Now, ooh, all sounds good on paper until you realise that before the start of the week, 61 players missed the round because they were injured. And you can't see it here, folks, but I'm doing air quotes. How many of those players are going to be back ready to play next weekend? It's expected that 52 of those will be back next week. Wow, so they were just a little tweak. Well, (laughs) this is the sort of stuff that killed State of Origin football in the AFL. Yep. Players pulling out and also Pro Bowl over in the NFL. Anyway, anyway, moving on, moving on. Now, the city-country game was in Tamworth. Full crowd, about 8,000 people. Um, But... Probably fourth choice selections for every every position, particularly in the city team. Uh, it was a big waste of time. It was forty four thirty, which is a you know interesting score, but it was a great example of touch football. Yeah, it wasn't the most intense game of football going, was it? No, it got a bit ridiculous. And it was on Sunday too, which was uh, not good because this week the St George Illawarra Dragons play the Canberra Raiders on a Thursday night. And Hence, there were quite a few players from both teams playing in the game on Sunday. That doesn't seem very clever. No, not very clever. Anyway, now City Country is supposed to be an origin selection trial for New South Wales. And I remember back in the 80s, they really used to go at each other because that is how it was treated. Mm. There used to be a little bit of, um, I won't say pride because the players do have pride in wearing the City or Country jersey. But it was taken a lot more seriously by New South Wales selectors and coaches. And watching the coverage, uh, they were interviewing coaches while play was going on. Uh, they were talking to Laurie Daly, the New South Wales origin coach, who had his feet up and was just kind of laughing and enjoying it all, mainly because he'd already told a stack of players not to play, and you can guess that he had told them not to play because they're going to be selected for New South Wales. And I guess you talk about you know passion and intensity and playing for the jumper and all that. That's that's what we had on the the Pacific Island tests. Like Tonga, those games are fantastic. Yeah, there was the you know the dueling war cries at the start of the um, I think it was the Tonga and Samoa game, or was it the PNG Fiji? We'll check that one. Both? No, no. Tonga but, and Samoa have uh, huge war cries, and they are bitter, bitter, bitter rivals. Yeah, and they were they were really, really good games of, of rugby league to watch. In but, front of a crowd of about 15,000 at Pertec Stadium as well. Yeah, and 
Then you had the, the Friday night test between Australia and New Zealand. It was in Newcastle. It was well attended. Mm. But wow. Well, regional, regional cities very rarely get to see some rep footy. So, of course, they'd show up and watch the best of the best going at it. But the players just didn't care. Uh, it was put down to intensity. It was low scoring and it was attritional. And they put that down to intensity. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I buy that. It was more preservation. Yeah, and I think the preservation aspect of the Australian-New Zealand test and the lack of, I guess, relevance now to the city-country game really means that they, they need to have a look at this whole rep round weekend. Because if you make yourself unavailable for state of origin, you have to miss the next week of of, of NRL and Mitchell Pierce is going through that at the moment. He's saying, I don't want to play. I want to, you know, after what I did earlier this year, I want to commit to, to my team rather mm. than, you know, sort of play state of origin. Yeah, make himself unavailable, so to speak. And yeah, and he's been told if you do that, you'll miss a week, as opposed to the 61 players who were made, who made themselves unavailable on the <laughs> weekend who were like, oh, no, you'll be right. Yeah, they'll be right. Well, genuine injuries. They yeah. all had medical certificates, I'm sure of it. Yeah, well, well but... AJ, why is the test played before Origin anyway? Shouldn't Origin be what is the you know the the lead up to and like a um, that's where they pick their players from based on the performances? Well, you would think that, but with Australia and New Zealand, it, like I mentioned before, it's the Anzac Test, and there's not much you can do about moving Anzac Day. Um, <laughs> it used to be around Anzac Day, but now it just seems to be thrown in to give most of the competition a buy, and they are they are looking at it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Origin should be a selection trial for Australia, but most of the names are already picked. Yeah. So why not make the the rep round something where you have those Pacific Island nations playing and then perhaps give them a little bit of funding so that they don't have the ridiculous situation where players aren't able to play for their their country of origin. Or because, don't want to. Or yeah. don't want to because they're only going to get $600 mm. as opposed to play, getting $15,000 plus daily living yeah. allowance if you play well, for Australia. Well, Semi Radradra, who played for Australia, he's from the Parramatta Eels, he was quite open about saying that he's only playing for Australia so that he can get cash and send it back to his family. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And There's the, a World Cup coming too in, the, um, in rugby league later this year in Australia and New Zealand. And if Semi Rodrada, he, he most likely will get selected because he's one of the best wingers in the comp. But, but if he's not, can't play for can't Fiji. Can't play for Fiji, which yeah. is dumb. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Um, well, just one quick thing, uh, some breaking news. Uh, St. George Illawarra's Jack DeBellin injured himself in the City versus Country game and is going to miss about seven to eight weeks. Mm. Stuff his shoulder, I believe. So right. that must make the whole thing much more worthwhile for uh, Jack and the Dragons. And as you say, the... And Laurie Daly. Yes. <laughs> the, the AFL got rid of State of Origin because people were pulling out, oh, no, I've got a, I've got a corked calf, I've got a, got a little tweak in the hammy, I've got a cold. And then people were injuring themselves as well. And the coaches went, no, nah, I'm not having this. Yeah, well, they are looking at it, the NRL. I think they're planning on uh, making some changes in line when the new TV rights deal comes in, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to include a mid-season Anzac test. Uh, sorry, uh, they're getting rid of a mid-season Anzac test uh, and having a 25-round competition. Origin 2 is going to be on a Sunday night, so they're going to need to provide content for some partners on the weekend, so maybe a Pacific Test doubleheader. Yep. Yeah, New Zealand, England, yeah. Bring, yeah, the, yeah. bring the palms over, yeah. 
anyway, we'll, we'll have to see what they want to do about it. Now, Andrew, uh, we played amateur sports. We were quite poor to mediocre <laughs> amateur sportsmen. Yep, that's bang on. Uh, that involved, you know, your occasional, particularly during cricket season, uh, big Friday night mm, yep. going into a Saturday. I can't, I can't deny that, yes. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Um, am, now, I, we... am, I, am I being put on trial here? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Or No, not yet. Um, now, uh, that's expected of your... Grade level, pub level, happens even in the uh, football codes as of well. Of course. However, uh, we weren't getting onto live animals that weigh close to, what, 700 kilos or so <laughs> and racing at about 70 k's an hour down a straight. So can you explain to me what's happened during the week? Where it seems to have been unearthed that jockeys can ride with alcohol in their system. Uh, yes, so down in Warrnambool, they have their regular or their yearly three-day Warrnambool Carnival. It includes some jumps racing, which always has its own controversies. We'll, we'll steer away from that at the moment. But the day three kicked off with, it was jumps jockey Paul Hamblin. News came out that he had blown 0.033. <laughs> and there was just this, you know, uh, flippant reaction from the horse racing community. Oh, oh. oh well, let's um, let's wait and see what happens in fifteen minutes when he has his second <laughs> uh, test. I said, like, "What?" He he then blew point oh two two in his second test, and that's when it came out that. Now let's be clear; these are both under the legal limit for driving. They are a vehicle, but. There is a point oh two blood alcohol limit for riding a horse. <laughs> Damien Oliver, a couple of like about half an hour later, he then blew point oh three eight at eleven fifty five a.m. Jeez, boy! And Whoa, point oh three eight eleven fifty five a.m. is a that's a lot. About four hours earlier, it is. It, well. I tell you, I tell you what. With with Damon Oliver, we're going to hear from from him very shortly. He did a a radio interview with Michael Felgate on RSN, and we'll actually we'll cut to him now. Well, I'm very embarrassed by my actions down there at Warnable, and um, you know, my main reason I wanted to come on just to to apologise to everyone. You know, the Warnable Race Club, um, the punters. All the owners and trainers that I let down there yesterday, and um, you know, over the next coming days, with me not being able to ride, so yeah, it was it was disappointing, but um, you know, and something I'm pretty embarrassed about. All right, fair enough. He's embarrassed and he apologised, and he knows the rules, and he was um, only a little bit over, as they say. But Andrew, uh, fellas have been kicked off AFL and NRL lists for coming to training with a minuscule amount of something in their system. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Andrew Simons was suspended for a game for turning up to a game under the influence. I think he was a lot more under the influence than Damien Oliver was. Um, yes. Frank Farina, I remember, was arrested once uh, driving to training when he coached Brisbane Raw. Um, That's not ideal. Uh, and he was well over the limit. Right. He's not supposed to do that. And he was sanctioned as well. But a horse weighs, what, 500 kilos? Yep. Uh, how can you have anything other than point zero zero point zero zero? Explain what goes on here. Well, personally, I 
would hope that they would have 0.00, but the reason that is given is they, like the, the powers that be, don't trust the equipment that you blow into and they don't want a false reading to mean that someone is not able to race on a day. Don't tell me that's the old mouthwash breath mints excuse. Pretty much. Well, funny you should say that because Paul Hamlin, the first bloke who was um, blew over the limit on the third day at Warrnambool, mm. he initially blamed mouthwash for his reading. Oh, God. But then after his second reading was over 0.02, he then told <laughs> stewards that he had five glasses of rosé the night before. <laughs> Just, oh, I can just oh, imagine him yeah. sitting down with a yeah. pizza and a couple of cheeky glasses Look, of rosé. I've, I've been there. He said, oh, no, it's this. And then they said, uh, this is actually the case. Yeah, all right. You got me. So Damien <laughs> Oliver, he has admitted that he was out until 1am. Mm. He said that he had a couple of wines. He's probably changed his story a now. Of magnums. Well, no, now that there's photos of him with his um, glass of gin and tonic. So... Oh. <laughs> But he's, he actually said, he's going, oh, you know, I was probably a little bit too dehydrated. I had lost a lot of fluid during the day and I didn't rehydrate enough. And, you know, I thought that I'd done enough to be under the 0.02. Now, if he finished at 1am and then 11 hours later blew 038 he mm. has not just had a couple of G&Ts to he wind has, down. He has not just got his rehydration wrong either. So... But if it was zero, would they, would there be more care? Because obviously, if you if you give them an inch, they're trying to take a mile here. Yeah, surely it's just zero tolerance. You have no no limit allowed, and therefore you don't have people going out till one in the morning and you know drinking their gin and tonics and their cheeky glasses of rosé. <laughs> Watching the countdown clock if he's got any brains. Well, he knows. He's at 26. That's what he's doing. He'll hold on to the ball. He knows to waste 15 seconds. When it gets to about five, he'll have a shot and the siren will go. That was Lee Matthews commentating the concluding stages of the North Melbourne versus St Kilda game in the AFL on the weekend where North Melbourne ran out seven-point winners in what is being described as controversial circumstances that's not a good look for the game. Uh, give me straight. Do you want to talk us through what happened, AJ? Well, it seems that the, the AFL's shot clock is the biggest controversy in the game at the moment because Mason Wood won a free kick for a tackle and decided to stand there and watch the clock tick down as he was uh, as uh, towards the end of the game. So how long's the shot clock? 30 seconds. And how long was left when he was awarded his free kick? 23, I believe. And you can see in the footage the uh, North Melbourne runner is standing behind him screaming at him that there are 23 seconds left. So... Oh, and just to add to that, how long do you get to kick... For goal, 30, 30. Yeah. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So as Lee Matthews said in that clip, and as everyone who has ever watched a game of football where you're having a shot for goal and your team is ahead by less than a kick, you take as much time as you are allowed. Now, the rules of the AFL, they changed in 2005, at the end of the 2005 season, to allow a 30-second time limit when a player was having a shot for goal. At the time, they did. They looked at the um, the goal kicking um, 
regimes of people and it was approximately 30 seconds was the average. However, Matthew Lloyd and Brendan Favola in particular were taking up to a minute to have their shot for goal. Grass throwing, mouth guard removing, sock stuffing, yeah, all of that. Yes, and so the AFL went, you know what, we're just going to bring in a rule and we're going to say to the umpires, count to 15 and at 15 seconds tell them 15 seconds is gone (laughs) and then with five seconds to go tell them they've got five and then at 30, call play on. Play on, yes. Now, the start of this season, the AFL in their infinite wisdom decided that they would bring in something for the fans and they would put a shot clock on the screen. Was it for the fans or for the umpires? Because three umpires count their 30 seconds in different... I'm sure they don't go to umpire training or sit in the room going, one, two... See, that would make perfect sense if that was the reason. But one of the reasons given was it was going to create an exciting atmosphere as someone is coming to, to kick for goal. <laughs> we, what, watching Tom Hawkins wait until 28 seconds is gone, just, you know, straighten himself, stretch the leg, and then just start to jog in. Oh, I know that's... Ooh. Bundles of excitement. Yes, it's been talked about a lot and we're going to hear some footage from a couple of the AFL podcasts. So Jake Nile on the Fox Footy podcast and then there will also be Anthony Hudson and Sam Edmund on the Super Footy podcast. The rule is there. He did what he had to do to win the game and if the AFL are silly enough to put that shot clock up, he has exploited the rule, not just the rule, but the, I suppose, would you call it the surrounding uh, environment yeah. or the, uh, the surrounds, the fact that there's a, there's a, you can look up at the screen and know exactly what the time is. And he's look. exploited that. And well done, young man. You did a very good job. I want to put you on the spot here. Mason Wood, obviously. Just tell us, what, do you like it on the no, screen? No, I don't, I don't like, you like the act. I, I don't like it. I don't th- see any reason for it. I, I mean, if the umpire's that worried about counting, you can have a stopwatch. Right. Uh, it's not like it leads. If it counted down to him actually kicking, there'd be some excitement for the crowd. But there's no tension around, um, you know, counting down to a bloke starting his lead into kicking, particularly if, the, if there's been time on call. Well, it's not supposed to be tension. It's just a guide. So the umpire. Well, that was know. part of what when they announced that this yeah. is going to be part of a spectator and it's going to be. It's. I see absolutely no reason. So Jake Nile saying. The, well done, well I done. agree, I agree. And Anthony Hudson saying, why do we need a shot clock? Now, a shot clock doesn't change the fact that a player has 30 seconds. 30 it's, seconds by a shot clock is the same as 30 seconds in an umpire's head. But it's not a shot clock. No. It's a countdown to your starting your run-up to take your shot. Yes. They've really, they've really thought this through well, the AFL, haven't they? Oh, it's ridiculous. And... I've got to say, the outcry over this issue is just dumb. It is not an issue. There's been <laughs> so on, many. On. Yeah, I got, have, a, have a quick weekly whack. I got stuck into Mark Stevens on Twitter because. Oh, no, you're one of those. He, people. Yeah, well, he sucked me in. <laughs> he was saying, oh, get rid of the shot clock immediately. It's the worst thing. It's, like, it's not the shot clock. The shot clock is there because of the rule. The rule is what they should be taking aim at. And I just, it is not an issue that deserves any airplay at all. Well, you're a minor online celebrity now, so you can do things like that. Well, Mason Wood, he took the time that was allocated to him to have the shot. As Lee Matthews said, run the shot, run the clock down. 
let me just say something really quickly before we finish this. He he got the free kick. He's in the pocket. They're one point up, 22 seconds to go. Right, if he settles, goes normally, he took the kick, he kicked the goal, so they're now seven points up, and there'd probably be around 10 seconds left. Mm-hmm. What are St Kilda going to do in 10 seconds with seven points down? I don't know. If they were Richmond, playing against Richmond, they might lose. Yeah, That's they, happened to them, the Carmichael Hunt game. But they weren't. Well, but also, who cares? Honestly, it is a, a ridiculous media enlisted story of rubbish. Jeez, Andrew, I can, <laughs> I can tell you're getting a bit you're getting a bit worked up here. Uh, maybe it's time to throw to a massive overreaction. Have you got one this week? Have I what? <laughs> I think that was actually what was you know sort of riling me up towards the end of that last segment. Now, for those regular listeners, we brought in this massive overreaction segment last week. Let me just get in the mood. I'm going to talk. Netball, and I'm going to talk draws in netball. It is an absolute blight on the game that you play your hearts out for four quarters, and then at the end of the game, you get absolutely nothing. You get one little point. Give me the two points or give me nothing. The Southern Steel are sitting on top of the New Zealand Conference with 11 points out of a possible 12, merely because this ridiculous administration can't pull their fingers out and say, no, no, play three minutes extra time and get us a result. I'm Andrew Donison. That's my massive overreaction. Jeez, if ever there, if ever there was a definition of a massive overreaction, I've never heard someone get so passionate about draws in, draws in the ANZ challenge. Oh, you, championship! You, sorry, you know, you know me, AJ. I <laughs> know you love your netball. I know that, and I'm passionate about things. Uh, yeah, all right. All right. Oh, it, don't don't get me started on on other sports with draws. No, let's. <laughs> I quite like them in soccer. Don't. Uh, all right, moving on. Now, if you have something you'd like us to discuss, uh, or a, if you find yourself having a massive overreaction to something, uh, hit us up on our Twitter at asd underscore podcast or Facebook dot com slash a sporting discussion. Now. Andrew, we've been a little bit rolled up tonight and it may have manifested itself in some rants. So let's focus on some good things that are coming ahead. Uh, It's a massive week for a sporting discussion next week. It is. We are going to be attending the ACT Brumbies, your AJ, your ACT ACT Brumbies. Brumbies against my mighty, mighty Melbourne Rebels at Amy Park. A pseudo-Australian conference grand final. It is. The the Rebels had a bye last week, which allowed the Brumbies to get on top of the Australian conference. So the winner of the Brumbies versus Rebels will finish, will be on top of the Australian conference at the end of the week. And in good shape. And in very good shape. Now, we are 
very thankful to the folks at O'Brien Group Catering for hosting us. They've done us a solid, uh, getting us uh, getting us tickets to the ground. We're going to do a little bit of a sporting discussion live. Uh, we'll be posting a couple of videos up on our facebook.com slash a sporting discussion page and we'll be uh, tweeting as well. So make sure you keep track. And make sure that you put on your Rebels gear because the Rebels are going to come out and smash your ACT Brumbies, AJ. Yeah. Jeez, I'm, I'm quietly confident. I'll just leave it at that. Quietly confident that the Rebels are going to smash you. Moving Me too. On, moving on to next week, Andrew. Some more big news for a sporting discussion. Uh, next weekend after the NRL round of matches, they will be announcing the State of Origin squads for Game 1, which is on 1 June. Now, we're going to call in a subject matter expert for this. And so, to help us dissect the squads, we are going to be joined by ABC Grandstand NRL statistician Tim Gore, who works for the Canberra, uh, Canberra Broadcast crew there. And he's uh, got a weekly column on the raw.com as well, which is very, very well received in the NRL circles. I'm, a little, I'm looking forward to that. I get to talk to someone who might be a little bit... I don't know, more level-headed about the Canberra Raiders than, than, than yourself, AJ? No, not at all, not at all. But <laughs> Tim Gore makes the statistics sing and he will help us look at the squads and say, on a statistical level, who should be there, who shouldn't be there, and uh, we'll make some predictions for the series as well. Excellent. And we are done for a feisty, it must be said, episode 12 of A Sporting Discussion. Now, Please don't forget, tell your friends to subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can listen to us at wooshka.com.au or on the Wooshka app. They're our lovely hosts who host all of our audio. You can find us on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podbean. Uh, make sure you leave us a review. We love reviews. Top of the pops at Christmas. Ideally. Now, don't forget, Andrew Donison appears. As we mentioned at the top of the show, he's a radio featurer. 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 I feature on things. Featurer. Yes, uh, who appears on Melbourne's 3 R FM with the Breakfasters crew. That's 102.7 on your FM dial or 3 R FM on your tune-in radio or alternate streaming arrangements. Uh, 7.15 Monday mornings, Andrew's there for about a quarter of an hour to talk some sport. Get in touch with us on our social medias at ASD underscore podcast or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. We do reply, don't worry. Tweets or comments are signed off with AJ for myself, AJ Mithen, or AD for Andrew Donison. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and hopefully we're a bit happier. Yeah.